and welcome to this week's Tell Me About the Podcast. This week we are going to talk about expenses and how to bring them into your startup, the types of expenses, making decisions on them and how to record them. We hope you enjoy. Dad. Hey Beth, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well indeed. Thank you very much. How's your week been? Uh, busy, yeah. As you know, it's the second week back from a fairly long vacation, so all sorts of things to do. And interestingly, yesterday, of course, as we record this on the 1st of July, was the end of the half year, the first half year for a couple of businesses I'm involved with who operate within the calendar year. So uh, much to do in reviewing how we've got on in those first six months of the year and just checking our agendas, objectives, business plans for the second half of the year before we crack on. Quite a fun afternoon ahead of us as well, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yes, we're off after recording this. We're off out for a nice lunch with uh, most of the extended family to celebrate the five members of that extended group who are all turning 40 this year, which is... um, which is a great worry in one part to me in that it starts to date me, but uh, but also it's going to be a great celebration, hopefully, in our, our favourite local restaurant that are going to look after us very well, I'm sure. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm excited. See everyone again after the wedding and have a few drinks. There's every chance. <laughs> I did bring extra wine so that when we get to the point later where we're like, can we have another bottle? You're like, oh no, not my good wine. <coughs> I bought co-op wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, do I say that? Do I say that out loud? It's probably the, the, no, it's the not out loud, things. it's the face. It's that, it's that groans. I know the face. Yes. One other thing that happened this week is your episode with open comments came out. The art of lifelong learning and finding a purpose with Paul Smith. <laughs> it was a lot of fun doing that. I very much enjoyed the company of um, Oliver and Ash at the open group. Um, And uh, yeah, they were very kind to me and the the way they led me through the questioning and the conversation. And um, and I have have listened to the podcast, you know, I'm the last person who enjoys listening to my own voice, but I have listened to it. And I think they came up with a concise flow of questions and answers. So yeah, hopefully that's of some use to some people. It sounded like a good conversation and it like built towards the end. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Although I did have to question the part about you cleaning up after making souffles. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> With mum. Yes. All right. Yep. Um, I, I stand by the fact that I do, but if others feel I don't, then I'm not doing a good enough job. But no, I'm no, trying, I I'm trying to start the job. You, Trust you, me. You definitely clean up. I think mum's mum always says that you use every single pan and every single spoon. <laughs> yeah. I need to have a word with her. <laughs> Vicious rumours being spread around my cookery. (laughs) Okay, so what are we going to be talking about today, Dad? So it's a little bit of a dry subject, Beth, but I do think this is very important for the new entrepreneur. And that is to talk a little bit about process of taking on expenses within your new business, the build-up of the cost base of your business. I think it's easy not to give this any great degree of thought, and I have experience of working with people who have suddenly found themselves with this inexplicable fixed run rate of overhead, fixed amount of cash they have to find every month, because they've been making commitments to one expense or another, some of which are essential, some of which have proven not to be essential, 
And before they know it, they're locked into fixed payments on a monthly, quarterly basis, whatever it might be, and are struggling to make ends meet and wish they had their time again in taking more due consideration, in giving more consideration to the suitability and appropriateness of that expense they put in their business. So if we can, let's just go through some fairly basic stuff, much of it common sense, but just talking about the need to be aware of what you're doing when you're committing your startup to expenses. Why is this important? In my opinion, managing costs within a business, no matter what stage it's at, no matter how big it might be, is an essential discipline. Indeed, as companies grow, they will have cost accountants within them, people totally focused on trying to find cheaper and easier ways of doing things that save cost. Managing the costs within a business, keeping them low, is a great way to increase the bottom line, to increase profitability within a company. So as much as marketing and business development, sales, etc., is trying to increase revenues, I think it's just as important to be constantly trying to reduce costs. Both actions, individually and together, can have differing levels of impact on that all-important bottom line of your business. In terms of controlling costs, this is about trying to do more with less. Looking at less expenditure, less utilisation of resources, less materials, less space, less heat, less fuel, whatever it might be. But not just putting a cap on the expense, but thinking creatively about how spending less may indeed create the opportunities to earn more. That whole doing more with less concept been a key feature of the public sector here in the UK for a long time now. Can't tell you that they've been terribly successful at it, but it certainly put this concept front and centre of the agenda of businesses at large. We talked, I think, last time or the time before about the difference between working on and working in your business and controlling costs, constant scrutiny of the cost base within your business is most definitely a working on activity and therefore one that you have to make time for because as we've observed on many occasions and as the new entrepreneurs will already be experiencing once you get into your business you're all consumed working in it and you've really got to plan your time to be able to sit back and work on the business uh, a few moments each week or a an hour a month just to sit back and look at the costs that you have in your business and the costs that you're considering putting into your business giving yourself time to reflect, giving yourself time to make better decisions about the timing and level of those expenses will pay dividends at all levels. I think that this is a a discipline that should operate, as I've said, at all times in all companies. But I think as we record this in mid-2023 with so many external pressures on businesses particularly, I'm talking particularly about high inflation Um, on the demand side. If your company sells to consumers, those consumers are feeling the pinch and uh, making less frequent decisions to buy all sorts of different things. And on the supply side, your own costs will already be increasing. Um, The cost of assets and consumables themselves will go up. The fuel that might go in them, diesel, gas, electric are all rising fast. 
back to that consumer pressure that's putting pressure on staff to ask for wage claims, wage increases. All of these things are going to impact the bottom lines of businesses. So it's a very particular time, I think, to be adopting a discipline of constant scrutiny of the cost base within your business to make sure that it's going to survive and thrive against these increases that are going on. I think it's important to control costs from the get-go, from the absolute very start. And I think that's pre-startup. I think business planning can incur costs that need to be carefully managed. You may need to prototype. You may need to buy an external consultancy or data. These things should be the start point of you adopting the discipline of cost control within your organization. It's important to exercise extreme caution every time you consider an expense within your business. Each and every line cost has to be thought through carefully. Each and every thing you want to buy for your business has to be given a good reason to justify it coming in. And let's bear in mind that everything has to be funded doesn't matter what it is if you choose to buy something and the purchase is going to be with money that money's got to come from somewhere and you only can spend every pound once that's for sure how do you get your head off the desk from working in your business to find time to work on your business and do things such as planning and working on the expenses it's a very good point and I'm sure we've touched on it before you know and I do sympathize um, it's easy for me to tell people who are passionate about getting their new businesses moving forwards to find time to work on but I can remember when I've been in that exciting infancy of a business and you just want to get the get the work done get the customers in get the products out the door and you can struggle to find that time. I think it's like anything, it's a habit. Um, and the more you do it, the more it becomes habitual. And how do we form habits? Well, that's about having a plan to, to do something. I would suggest that this is about a line in your diary, um, uh, an hour a week or a half a day a month or whatever it might be to start with. And as you know, that time is coming up, start to make notes about what, what are the things that you think might be useful to work on within your business and I believe soon that habit will form itself and I think you'll also find yourself wanting to work on your business because you'll realize the return on the investment of that time you can achieve so much in terms of the development of how your business is run as much as you can achieve by simply growing your customer base and growing your revenues so I think it's about form the habit see the rewards it becomes then self-fulfilling and the habit will be embedded within you to find the time to work on your business alongside working in it. It might be worth just going back over the types of expense which can come into your business in the early days of your startup. This may duplicate to a degree what I know we've talked about in financial planning alongside business planning, but I think these points are so important that they are worth reiterating and maybe putting over in a slightly different way. Expenses within your business are probably within two broad categories, planned and unplanned or ad hoc, shall we say. The objective, I think, is to make sure that no expense appears within your business that isn't planned. And that comes back again to constantly looking forwards to anticipate what the needs of your business will be 
and to understand what the cost implications of those needs are, building them into your short, medium-term forecasts of cash flow and of profitability. Planned expenses may be variable or fixed. Variable expense within your company could be consumables like fuel or office supplies. Uh, It might be stock if you're a shop or an online vendor, if you're in the retail uh, um, space. Stock is going to be a big variable expense as you acquire the things to sell relevant to what you think is selling at any one time. There is a fairly tried and tested approach to stock control these days, which is just in time. And what that's saying is to leave stock purchased to the very last minute, significantly reduce stock held, minimise almost to nil the amount of stock that may need to be written off or fire sailed because it's passed its sell-by date or it's missed its fashionable window. So with these variable costs, uh, one needs to look closely at the amount that's going to be spent at the point in time that's closest to the revenue that's going to be generated from them. I would think that things like office supplies and fuel don't get into the habit of just being comfortable with your normal office supplier where you can simply go through and re- reorder what you had last time. Find the time to shop the requirements you have to market test it doesn't take too long these days with the internet at your desk just to quickly Google what it is you want rather than go straight to your previous supplier and just double check that you can't get something quicker and cheaper elsewhere. I think I'm right in saying that unless you are a very large company these days, there's very little benefit to micro and small businesses, especially at the initial startup phase, that might come from you demonstrating loyalty to a supplier of, say, office equipment or fuel. I encourage people to constantly check that they're paying the least they possibly can do for just what they need within their business. Fixed expenses are a different kettle of fish, a much more important area to be thinking about. What do we mean by fixed expenses? Well, these are ones that are going to have a fixed term at probably a standard amount per month, per quarter, whatever it might be, per year. Things like lease costs, uh, premises, um, leasing equipment, leasing vehicles, Alongside these things, one finds consequential fixed expenses. So if one takes an office, you've got business rates to pay on top of that. There are then variable costs which are triggered by the fixed cost of the premises lease and and its rates. Things like heat, light, power, staff, welfare, um, kitchen supplies. These expenses all need to be thought through and understood as as a consequence of entering into a fixed expense. And also under fixed expenses will come finance costs. So if there are loans or mortgages or um, leases within the company that that have been decided to be taken on, then there's a cost of money associated there. Money costs money to borrow. And so that becomes a fixed expense within the company, which needs to be properly planned for and thought about in terms of its affordability as well can easily become a hidden cost my opening comments about uh, new entrepreneurs suddenly finding themselves with fairly heavy fixed overheads within their company often that can be the apparently innocent signing of a lease for a van um, and not understanding that when it comes to posting those in accounts what the finance costs look like in that regard for the variable expenses 
is it worth having planned within that a contingency? Yes, very much so. And I think that's probably better off as thought of as reserves, um, just making sure that there is an amount of money set aside that is there for the rainy day, for the unexpected, absolutely essential, higher variable purchase of a goods or a service than the normal run rate of that variable um, expense might be. So yes, most definitely. I think the most common the most common situation in which that would arise is if there's a growth spurt available to the company. Um, if you've been buying buying in product X and selling it as product Y and you've achieved a thousand units a week and suddenly a new customer comes on and wants 10,000 units a week. Um, if you're satisfied as to their bona fides that they really are going to do what they say they're going to do, then suddenly you need to be able to fund the purchase of a lot more of the product to satisfy the demand that suddenly come through. And that is absolutely the right job for the entrepreneur to be doing is to drop everything and work out how on earth am I going to make that work because you do want that step up in sales that that one customer is offering you. Under this heading of types of expense, I, I do want to talk separately about staff. I think staff is worth considering as a separate section. To my mind, staff costs will be planned, not ad hoc, and to a certain extent are more fixed than they are variable. I've always thought that one of the important metrics of the success of becoming an entrepreneur is the number of jobs one creates, the number of sustainable long-term jobs that your business will develop it's a very important metric. It contributes so much to society and economy if you're creating jobs. I think that the decision to hire people into your business, whether it's the first person in after you, the entrepreneur, or it's second and subsequent people coming into your business, each decision to hire needs to be very carefully made. The forecasting of the implications of the costs of the hire, the salary or the on costs to employment, etc. need to be properly modelled against what you expect that person to achieve in terms of efficiency, effectiveness and increased revenue within your organisation. I don't think that decisions to hire should be made loosely, should never be made on the basis of we'll see how that goes and if it doesn't work we'll let the person we've hired go. I think that hiring needs to be done against a solid plan to sustain the job that is created into which you're hiring the person for the medium to long term. Let's face it, certainly in the UK and Europe, employee rights are significant and it's very difficult to let somebody go if you don't need them within your business. One way to um, smooth the introduction of the expense of hiring new staff into your company is to first of all think about bringing people in part-time that might move up to full-time. Um, you may be in a position to operate effectively in fairly zero hours contracts um, and it may be that there are subcontractors available to you rather than bringing on permanent members of staff if that gives you better control over the expenses of human resources within your company in the early stages. Subcontractors tend not to have the same motivation as permanent staff who have been given the basis of loyalty to their employer but it can certainly help where there may not be a full-time role for somebody but additional help is needed to move the business on. When you're looking into 
bringing people into your business as employing them or how do you factor in or do you have to factor in pay rises and stuff like that so like for example in my industry we expect pay rises every year and bonuses at the end of the year not it's not obviously the same in every industry but if you're a startup starting up an interior design practice and you need someone in do you have to factor that in before you employ them and mm. then do you give them an initial salary of something that's mm-hmm. under what you can afford mm, knowing yeah. that you can then you know give them a little boost to encourage them to sure yeah well absolutely so um You've got to plan. You've got to, especially when you're going from just the entrepreneur or maybe a couple of partners, when they're bringing their first person in as an employee, that's a very big decision. That that's a, that shifts the dynamic of the business, shifts the cost base dramatically. The second to the fifth will probably each do the same things. Maybe after five, the decisions are not quite so impactful and certainly by the time you get to 10, 20 members of staff within an organization, the the marginal additional job that you create will be fitting within a smaller part of the overall scheme of things and therefore a much easier decision to make. So we're really looking closely at that first to fifth employee that comes in and goes on the payroll. So yes, you've got to forecast what you think is going to be the suitable, fair commercial terms on what you what you can acquire the skill set you need to be. Salaries can step. That's a way that I've I've worked in the past to try and shield the company from the full expense of a member of staff until we're comfortable that the contribution the member of staff is making is what they've said they can do and what we think they can do. So uh, an initial salary, a salary review after 90 days of satisfactory service. Um, yes, annual pay reviews, I think, is, is something which everybody is entitled to, but that doesn't necessarily mean a, mean a pay increase. I think it's, we have to ensure that we are constantly reviewing the rate that we're paying for the job that's being done and then making adjustments to that if there is evidence to suggest that we're underpaying, especially for members of staff who have become um, important to our organisation, who we have a degree of reliance on. We need to make sure that they feel satisfactorily rewarded within the job they're in and the best will in the world in the most loyal of staff they will have an understanding of what their peer groups being paid elsewhere and will not hesitate to to bring that forward as either a pay claim or allow it to manifest in their minds as a reason for moving on they feel they're being underpaid for the job they're doing bonuses performance related pay in its in its more general sense is a an interesting and complex arena i think um i typically don't allow people to participate in bonus schemes within the first part financial year they join us. So if they join us on the first day of a financial year, yes, they can be involved, but they invariably don't. And so um, it's unfair on everybody else if somebody comes in halfway through a financial year on a bonus scheme similar to everybody else, but only contributed six months to that. So I tend to wait for the beginning of the next financial year after their start date before they're entitled to participate in the bonus scheme. Uh, As to what those bonuses are, again, I think that's largely driven by individual industries as to whether it's linked to anything or it's simply assessed on the basis of individuals' contribution as assessed by their line manager. There's so many different ways of, of doing that. 
but in the summary answer to your question is yes if you think that the role you're trying to fill will require some increases in salary over time and or bonus entitlement and that's going to be within the first couple of years of them starting then you need to know what that expense is going to become within your business compared to what it is at the start point of the employee so that you're properly prepared for that and you can see how revenues are going to grow and or efficiencies are going to improve as a result of that person being in which is going to more than pay for their cost to you being in your business and i guess if you're for example in interior design if you're employing someone because you've got a project coming in and it's you need that person on the project but you know that project will end in a year or what whatever the time span is that's when bringing people in on a freelance basis works absolutely. out well. Yes, absolutely. Yep, yep. It is possible to employ people, of course, on a fixed-term contract rather than a permanent contract. Um, and, and in that, in certain industries, that is accepted and understood, and that's what people look to do. Um, and under the subcontract heading, of course, there are people who, you know, who work um, lot for long periods of time for one employee but are technically self-employed. Here in the UK, there are certain rules that HMRC is imposed upon them, which they need to comply with to ensure there's fairness in their taxation status. But other than that, um, that's a great way to access particular types of skills needed for a defined period of time. Those are all excellent comments around how to think through the best way to bring on additional human resources within your startup. It's a very careful decision-making process that I always recommend to entrepreneurs. So let's just touch on what's involved in making the decision whether to bring in an expense to your business or not. I think first of all it's asking that question, is this essential? You should only be introducing essential expenses into your business. There isn't any room for luxuries, for nice-to-haves. Once you've decided whether the expense is essential or not, if it is essential, I think then you've got to look at what's the latest date I require that expense to come into my business. If it's stock and you're operating just in time, how late can you be before you place the order and have to make the payment for the expense? Um, if it's uh, buying in some uh, services from another organisation, again, what's the latest point at which you can pay for that expense within your business so trying to push expenses off as far as possible so that they match with the point at which there'll be revenues related to the expense incurred within your business for essential expenses it's important to um, market test the price as we said earlier on and to be prepared to haggle um, I think we're losing the losing the art of negotiation these days which is possibly a result of there being so little face-to-face -face contact between people within business anymore these days. Um, but I think it's, it's incumbent upon you as the, you are the purchaser when you're bringing expenses into your business. So you are the customer and the customers will not hesitate from time to time to ask you to see if you can do something better with your price or the terms of your service. So it's incumbent upon you as well to turn back to those who, for whom you are the customer and ask them for their best price or for discounts or deals relative to your particular requirements. 
And don't forget payment terms. It's all well and good to have a good haggle over the price and see how far you can get that down. But then also the payment terms are very important to you. And it may be that even if you can't move a price, if you can move payment terms out to your advantage, that could still be just as beneficial to your business. It, let's not dwell on this too long here, but it is important either for the entrepreneur themselves or to make sure that they have access to somebody who can advise on understanding tax reliefs, especially if you are setting up equipment, premises, manufacturing, production, um, or you're utilizing significant machinery within your organization, the way in which you purchase things can have an effect significantly upon tax reliefs that you may be entitled to. So it is important when you're making big, big essential purchases that you consult with somebody around the structure of the purchase to ensure that you're going to get as much tax relief on it as possible going forwards. Let's touch on how we would fund the various expenses within our startup. If you're still building up the business, building up revenue, then the likelihood is that expenses are being funded out of the arrangements of finance you've put into place to set your business up. You'll be drawing down on an overdraft, the loan. You'll be burning through investment monies that were brought in from yourself or from other investors. So the utilisation of that startup capital is vitally important. Hopefully your planning is, is accurate and each individual expense is in accordance with what you had planned to incur within the company and for good reason. That essential expense is made at this stage and going to take you to the next step of revenues within your business. Once you've gone through your startup capital, hopefully that's the point at which your revenue started to exceed your costs and positive cash flow is starting to be experienced. That will throw off reserves of cash which will enable you to expense most of the variables and the ad hoc expenses that come up. But it may be that for the larger expenses you'll need to enter into new and additional finance agreements. Uh, debt finance like agreed overdraft, lease, term loan, mortgage um, or equity finance by um, selling more shares within your company. You may be diluted, but it might be the better way to bring finance in. I think we've touched on these models of financing uh, elsewhere. But whatever you do, make sure that you understand the implications of the finance decision that you make. Um, if it is debt finance, make sure that the overdraft, if that's what you're going to try and negotiate with your bank, is enough in the first instance. Don't go short on that such that you need to go back for more that will be looked on in fairly dim terms check the agreements being proposed for early repayment terms interest rates penalties for late payment all these features need to be carefully considered otherwise what you thought would be the expense of financing that item will actually turn out to be more and suddenly you've lost control of your expenses again so the devil's in the detail when it comes to financing expenses within your business as opposed to paying for things through your trade. A word on recording expenses. It's important to evidence everything that you expend within your company. This is old hat really, but accounting will need to determine whether items are to be treated as capital or as um, expenses against revenue. From a legal standpoint, uh, HMRC here in the UK will require tax records to be kept, employment records will need to be kept. And that's 
really about invoices and receipts in the usual way, but do take the time to just check the details on those invoices and receipts. Uh, remember that it can be up to nine months after the end of your financial year before your tax returns are completed. Um, and so, therefore, that's up to 21 months from the beginning of the financial year in question. And if somebody asks you about a receipt for £220 that's got no detail on it that you incurred 21 months ago, your memory is better than mine if you'll be able to recite exactly what that was for and how it should be posted in your profit and loss account. So every time you're recording your receipts and invoices for expenses within your business, just double check that that documentation says on it what it was for so it can be posted correctly. So I think that's it. In summary, I would say that looking after expenses as they come into your business and ensuring that you buy just what you need to for the right price in the right way at the right time, it's just about thinking twice about everything. Is the expense necessary? Would it be better off as a variable or a fixed expense? What is the best price and terms that you can get that idea for? And above all, please avoid all the extravagances at any stage in the process. There's no room in this day and age, and certainly at the startup stage, for extravagant cars or boats or anything like that to be sat on your balance sheet. Stick with the necessities of your business, looking after these expenses as we've been talking about, and you'll be giving it the best shot of survival through the startup phase that you can. Perfect. Thank you for listening to our episode on expenses. We hope you enjoyed it. Join us next week when we'll be discussing working environments as always keep an eye on instagram at tellmeaboutpod and our website tellmeaboutpod.com for updates from us and please follow like and review to help others find us too